This is the Daily Little Podcast for Thursday, August 17th. I'm Virginia Allen. We are out of the studio today and in Iowa for the State Fair. And it is my privilege to be joined today by Senator Joni Ernst right here at the fairgrounds. You're going to hear a lot of noise in the background. We got a truck pole going on just a little ways down the street. Folks enjoying lots of great food. Senator Ernst, is the fair always this lively? It is always like this, Virginia. Nothing compares to the Iowa State Fair. That's the motto. And people are out having a great time. We've had record attendance this year at the Iowa State Fair. Um, I noticed the other day, and it's probably even topped it since, but we had 118,000 plus people in a single day at the Iowa State Fair. Um, But we've got all these great presidentials coming through as well, which is really piquing a lot of people's interest. It's this beautiful combination of folks enjoying the fun, enjoying the rides, eating a ton of fried food, and then you have all of these candidates for president who are coming through who are sharing their message with the American people and how they will lead from Washington, D.C. What has been your take? As we have seen so many candidates come through, what have you seen from Iowans? What's their response to having all of these candidates in their state? Well, they love this. And this is something that we go through every four years as we prepare for the Iowa caucuses. Um, So I spent time with Mike Pence the other day out walking around. And of course, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley. I saw Ryan Binkley this morning. And of course, got to spend some time walking with Tim Scott as well. Um, Ron DeSantis and I flipped pork chops. I mean, it's just the, the presidentials are here. They know that this is a place that they need to come in order to socialize with the Iowa voter, answer very hard questions coming from those Iowa voters. And it really sets the stage as we ramp up towards those January caucuses. It's coming so fast, so soon. Share a little bit, if you would, about the history of the Iowa State Fair. Has it always been like this? It really has always been like this. And of course, every year it does get a little larger as they add um, additional attractions to the Iowa State Fair, but it has always been very large. And it is a tradition in many Iowa households to come to the fair. The 4-H and FFA students will show their livestock. They will show 4-H exhibits. Um, They'll participate in different talent competitions. It just really is a great family friendly environment. Um, We also have uh, just all of the rides and and it's just a great way to vacation even here in Iowa. I've talked to a lot of folks that are coming from out of state to see what what the hoopla is about. I have met folks while I've been here so far from both from Canada and a group of friends from Africa who stopped in at the fair on their trip through America. So pretty cool. You literally have people from all over the world coming to this fair. So neat. Well, let's talk a little bit more about some of the candidates and the issues that are on the minds of voters here. As you have talked to folks in Iowa, what is on their mind? And as they've met candidates, what do you think they're looking for? Yes, I've, I've talked to many people when I do my county tour, and I'm hearing the same thing at the state fair this year as well. Number one, what we call Bidenomics. It's inflation, it's the economy, and it's the fact that so many people are struggling day to day with the cost of food, with their energy costs, their gas prices for their vehicles. 
all of it is very, very difficult for an average family to swallow. So they're addressing that with these candidates. Um, number two, I've heard the southern border. It keeps coming up. I had a woman bring it up this morning to me. And people are concerned about the election as well. I had another voter that uh, was visiting with me today just on the street here at the fair, and she is concerned about election integrity. And so there's a lot of things that Iowans are worried about, and all of these candidates are being called out and, and asked, what are your plans to address this if you become president? Now, of course, former President Donald Trump was here on Saturday. More and more indictments keep coming against Trump. What is the reaction among Iowans to all of those indictments? And do you think that that is affecting the way that they will choose to vote? I don't think it's affecting the way they choose to vote. If anything, it, maybe it energizes them. Um, but what I do hear from Iowans is that there seem to be two systems of justice. There is one system of justice if your last name is Biden, another if your last name is Trump. And just as we were walking over for this interview today, I had another gentleman that asked me if there's anything that we could do to stop all of these frivolous indictments against President Trump. And really, that's outside the scope of Congress. These are individual areas, individual states that are going after President Donald Trump. Um, but again, two systems of justice, and, and it really makes the American public, and especially here in Iowa, people wary of our judicial system. Well, just as so many folks are watching Iowa, since it is a caucus state and watching how Iowa goes, I know a lot of Americans are getting ready to watch that first presidential debate on August 23rd. What do you think the American people are looking for? I think they want a sense of optimism and hope that we can get our country back on track. What we see with this president is a president who appeases our adversaries all around the globe. It's a president who has focused so far left on green ideology and, and climate ideology that he's hurting middle America. Um, they just want to trample over the American people and do whatever he wants to do regardless of the consequences. And the consequences right now are a very bad economy. Um, we see an open southern border. Uh, people want to know that there's a solution for that. So there's a lot of hard questions out there. What we need our Republican candidates to answer is, what specifically are you going to do about these issues created in the Biden administration? And then how do we carry our country even further forward after we have those solutions in place. Because we've got to get the economy up and going. We've got to get people back to work. And we've got to focus on our educational system and make sure that our young people are prepared to enter the workforce when they finish high school or college. And we just don't see that in this administration. How are Iowans doing under those economic struggles with inflation? You have so many wonderful farmers in the state feeding so much of America. How are they doing? It's been pretty tough, I'll be honest. Um, many of the, the products that go into raising livestock or growing crops, all of those products have seen significant increase in price. And so many of our farmers, when they're spending all of this money on the inputs, they're just not seeing the return. And it's a lot of really hard work. 
But for just as an example, everyday Iowan um, last night in my hometown uh, ran into a friend and she was picking up groceries for her son and his daughters. And she said they are not coming to the state fair this year because they can't make ends meet. Um, and it's, it's really sad that people are living paycheck to paycheck, sometimes picking up second and third jobs just to make ends meet. This is not a good economy, and it's not something that the president should be proud of. Senator, you served in our military, and a moment ago you mentioned America's adversaries. I want to get your thoughts on a recent deal that the Biden administration made with Iran that essentially releases assets back to Iran in a prisoner swap. Your reaction to this? Well, this is the wrong way to go about it. And what it does is really tells the Iranians, the, the regime, that, okay, Americans are for the taking, and we know that we're going to get a good return on that investment. So what they have done is just endanger Americans that are traveling abroad, and specifically in the Middle East, and they're there is no repercussions to the Iranians, none at all. Um, I have even joined a Senate Democrat, Richard Blumenthal, on uh, pushing back against the administration because of the, this administration's unwillingness to enforce sanctions that they put in place against Iranian oil. Iranian revenues from their oil exports have gone up significantly in this administration, even though we have sanctions against Iranian oil. Yeah, you're right. Thank you for correcting that. It's $6 billion yes. um, released to Iran, um, unfreezing of their assets. I mean, what does, what does a deal like that mean for America's future? How, how do you think Iran perceives that when we make this kind of deal with Iran? What does this look like for America on the world stage? Well, uh, Iran sees a very, very weak president in the United States right now, and they know that they can fully capitalize on this. They see America on bended knee in front of them. And this is absolutely not where America should be. And as we look at these uh, Republican contenders, we need to make sure that we do have someone that will be strong and will stand up against the Iranians, that will stand up against the Russians, against the Chinese, against the North Koreans. And right now, President Biden, he's not focused on strengthening America, strengthening our military. He is so focused on uh, the, the wokeness in the military, electric vehicles in the military, that he's not focused on making sure that we have the most lethal fighting force on the face of the planet. This is a, a horrible leader, and our adversaries are laughing at the United States because of the appeasement of Joe Biden. As someone who did serve in our military, what will you be looking for yourself even among the candidates on how they will lead America on the world stage? And what do you think the American people are looking for right now? Obviously, we have the war continuing between Ukraine and Russia. China's growing in power. How, how should we be looking at the candidates when we think about who is a leader that can lead us on these challenges internationally? 
When I look for a commander in chief, what I want to know is that number one, we want to make sure that the military is strong and that we have the, the necessary resources to make sure that if we ever deploy our men and women um, under the color of our flag, that we have provided them the resources and training necessary to come back safely to their families. That is number one. Number two is making sure that they have a strong foreign policy, that they are not cozying up to our adversaries and certainly not letting adversaries get away with bad behavior and nefarious actions against the United States. Um, so a combination of those two things. But again, we just need someone who is strong. And if you just simply look at President Biden, you hear him speak. He can't string a coherent sentence together. It really is telling to our adversaries that they have an opportunity to take advantage of the United States. Senator, we'll end with a little bit of a lighter question since we are here at the State Fair. Best food, you think, at the Iowa State Fair? Oh, I have so many favorites. <laughs> okay, because I was raised on a hog farm in southwest Iowa, I will say that pork chop on a stick, you've got to have one, folks. And also the corn dog. That's just an old staple. And I tell you, anything that you want, you will be able to find here at the Iowa State Fair, either deep fried or on a stick. Love it. Senator, thank you so much for your time today. It's great to be with you, Virginia. Thank you. And with that, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Daily Signal podcast. Thanks so much for joining us here. If you've never had the chance to check out our evening show, make sure you do so. Every weekday, we bring you the top news of the day around 5 p.m. Also, if you've never done so, take a moment to subscribe and share the show. We love hearing your feedback. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you right back here around 5 p.m. for our top news edition. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.